Yes, welcome everybody to Cheltenham Only Bet with myself, Nessie Green, Kevin Blake, Daryl Carter. Drum roll, please, for our guest. It is Charlie Davies this week, assistant to the one and only Mr. Paul Nichols. Won't be long until you serve Paul Nichols, will it? Oh my God. Um, I want to tell you about a very important offer before we kick things off, and it is about a bet fair, completely free bet on racing multiples available every single weekend. Right up until Cheltenham. Opt-in required. Maximum one free bet per customer per weekend. T's and C's applies. Make sure you make your way over to the Betfair Sportsbook to find out more. First of all, Mr. Blake, how are you? Yeah, not too bad then. That's not too bad. Counting down, four weeks to go. I know. Be here before we know it. And literally just around the corner and the little birds are tweeting, the snowdrops are out, the so spring is in the air. No, Daffy Diddles and all. <laughs> Daryl, Harry, how are you? Yeah, tremendous, tremendous. Uh, looking forward to this. Looking forward to hearing Charlie's thoughts on some of Paul's horses. Um, got some big chances this year, Charlie. Um, I'm excited to hear to hear what you got to say about them and how and how high your confidence levels are. Yeah, Thank Charlie, you. what's it like working? Uh, well, I'm just going to start calling him Sir Paul Nichols. Thank. First of all, thank you for having me on. Um, looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully, I can not speak too much rubbish. Um, uh, hold on, Charlie. Charlie, you gave a stay away fay last year. I did, Bryce. Yeah, I did say he'd win the River Don, and he got beat though. So I, I got it half right, half wrong. But I got it. I got the main one right, I guess. No, uh, just they... take the right bit. Take the right bit. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's sort of a stressful time. This these sort of four weeks leading up, we got a lot of, as you said, some lovely chances this year. Um, a lot of single priced sort of fancies which is always nice so you just want them to get there in one piece in good form and, and do their best on the day um it so yeah you're just hoping that they, they make it there in one piece yeah and uh don't annoy the boss um yeah, that's the big thing get out of the way of the boss <laughs> i reckon you can just tell what mood he's in i mean i love him he's, he's but sometimes yeah nope don't ask him a question um right let's kick things off straight into uh, brave man's game i mean Frustrating as in those three seconds, but in the big races, of course, the Charlie Wall when he was arguably a bit out jumped by Gentleman's Game, the Batfair Chase, the King George, uh, Hewitt, that was a bit of a very strange King George this year, but frustrating nonetheless to have a horse like Brave Run's Game, the Gold Cup is 16 to 1, and like I say, on the back of a little bit of second-itis for him. Yeah, I don't think this season's gone fully to plan for him yet, um, like, Whereas I'd have had more confidence last year going into the Gold Cup than this year, just because he was riding on a bit of a wave last year, having won the Charlie Hall, then winning the King George. He ran really well in the in the King George. Um, Paul and and Harry would have been quite confident if Shiskin hadn't half got in his way, he'd have gone very very close. Harry said he was using Shiskin as a lead down to the sort of the two out to then make his move. Whether you know that's if buts and maybes would he have gone past Shiskin if he'd stood up? We don't know. Um, he's in great order. Scott, who rides him every day, is really happy with him. He'll go for a little gallop somewhere um, before a couple of weeks before, but everyone's really happy and we'll go there and we'll give it our best shot. Um, I think he'll run really well. Would I be as confident this year that he'll beat Galloping as I was last year? I'm not so sure, but we'll give it our best shot. Yeah, and Daryl, have you got anything to add to that? Because, of course, Galloping Deschamps looks like he's back to his sort of fighting best. So it's an interesting Gold Cup, but it's always an interesting Gold Cup because it's a difficult race to win. Yeah, it is. Um, oh, well, I just wonder if you would if they would, if they you would ride him differently this year. He was up with a vanguard for the whole way last year. It was a really strong pace and 
for me, I thought he, I thought he almost walked over the line last year, and I don't know whether that was the stiff finish or it was the fact that he was just in the firing line throughout a relentless galloping gold cup and obviously galloping the shots came from further back than, than you that day but you were jumping the second last and last on par it was just that final 100 yards do you think you'd take a more conservative approach in the race with him this year yeah there's definitely paul and harry have talked about that definitely um as he said he he, he traveled as as well as we could have hoped to jump brilliantly and maybe he was slightly too far forward and as he said a frantically run race but he ran really, really well. He got to the last upsize gallop and he just pulled a bit more out. And maybe that's just because Gallopin's a slightly better horse and slightly stays that three mile two better than us. Um, time will tell. But yeah, I think we'll take our time a little bit more with him this year and, and hopefully ride him to come late with a challenge. Have you got anything to add? No, not really. Like that, That's my read on him as well. Look, there's probably something has to change. For him to reverse that form, and, and I thought that like they'll probably be written in, in bold, written in contrasting fashion to last March, and that I suspect Gallopin will be a fair bit more forward than he was, and um, and, and taking the time with um, with Brave Mans would make sense to me because there's a few in there that could potentially be up in the front end there as well, and make it a good well run gold cup, and that might be shown to best effect. Fair enough. Well, we can uh, move on to a very likable type, but they're all likable. But stay away, Faye. Uh, for the Brown Advisory, uh, 100 to 30. Winner, of course, the Silver Bowl Exeter, then won the Betfair Novices Chase at Sandown, and latest was third um, in the Cotswolds Chase at Cheltenham. So, Charlie, just give us your sort of um, insightful, like tell us, you know, as much as you can about Stay Away Faith, something that we might not know from what we just see at the race course. Well, he's actually very, very straightforward. Um, he He's ridden... By one of the girls every day she adores him and, and like he's just a, an absolute gentleman in every way to deal with um he's got an incredibly high rating for a novice at 159 i think i don't even know if denman got to that after maybe he won his rsa that year like he's got a really really high rating um i really really fancy him um i think the track will suit him he's got form round cheltenham he's a, a very solid jumper he's very straightforward harry can ride him whichever way he really wants to I just think there's a lot of ticks in his boxes and I think it's going to take a real good one to go past him. Have you got anything, Brad? Yeah, sure. Look, I suppose the big question here is what's going to turn up because um, Stay Away FA was beaten the last day, but like it was very much a career best. It was a really punchy bit of uh, campaigning. Uh, we learned plenty about him in it and sure, look, he can only benefit from it being thrown into the fire like that. Um, and look, it's... Yeah, what's going, what's Willie going to run? You know, it's the question we, we, we all ask ourselves coming into these races. Bit of chat about fact to file, potentially rerouting here, which I know is, is going to give Daryl sleepless nights for the next yeah. little while. Um, and, you know, Grange Clare West has had that setback. So, you know, what's the opposition going to be? If if, if, if fact to file doesn't turn up, stay away face, going to be fab, isn't he? And he'd be well entitled to be based on that last run. So um, I think he's a, he's a rock solid contender. Daryl, do you get sleepless nights? Do you, do, you, do you think about it over and over in your mind? Do you like literally just dream of Cheltenham and then wake up in cold sweats? Every minute of every day, yeah. Every <laughs> minute of every day. I do look, stay away. I'm on Grey Dawning in this race because I think he's a, I think he's a potential, you know, future Gold Cup winner next year. But I must be honest, stay away. Faye is the one that terrifies me. He's the one that keeps me up at night because just because of that, that fact, he's so straightforward. You know, he's going to jump well. You're not, you know, you don't look at him and think, Whereas perhaps I do look at Grey Dawn a little bit and think, oh, there's a mistake in there. Whereas yeah. stay away, Faye, there's, you know, there's a so he's so solid in the jumping department. I just, I just wonder, um, that race at Cheltenham, that Cotswolds, I, I just wonder if he was going to be 
and maybe maybe I'm like you know trying to push him too quickly, but I just wonder if he was going to be an absolute superstar, would he have won that race? Um, I don't know how how wound up you had him for that, Charlie. Um, would would you would you have left plenty to work on there? Do you think? Um, I don't. I'd say he was probably not a hundred percent. You know, his his aim all season has been the festival, um, but he was he was there to do his do his best. Um, but then you know they, he went up against some seriously experienced campaigners there. You know, Capadano, the real wacker. The real wacker won the the race last year, didn't he? And and far the last hundred yards, they looked like he'd had him sewn up all the way around. Capadano, he's a bit of an unknown horse in my eyes. You don't really know which yeah. which way he's going to turn up sometimes. And he he looked like he turned up on the day the money came from. So they obviously knew he was he was in rude health and things. So it was a it was a big run. Um, he'd only had two sort of doddles round in in races where he had to make his own running, where he didn't learn loads. So I think he'd have learned a huge amount at Cheltenham that day, and I think he'd have improved plenty for the experience. And you're not worried about the Sharp or older course? No, he's not as slow as everybody gives it. Like, Giovinco came at him, and they sprinted up the straight at Sandown, and he actually passed him, you know? And Giovinco is no mug. He's a good horse, He's and he's got plenty of boot. I, he he looks slow, but he's actually not. Um, so, no, the the new course doesn't. I just think he's, he's a rock-solid favourite, and I think he deserves to be there. Yeah, that's another worry of mine because I've had him pinned as a slow boat all, all season. Nah, that, he's not as slow that, as everybody thinks he is. He's yeah, really well that, not. That Giovinco race, they they absolutely dawdle, and then you, yeah. you're right, they sprinted, and um, that is in the back of my mind that he had a, he had enough of a turn of foot to turn him away there. So and and yeah. you know he beat he beat those he beat Grey Dawning and Exeter at the beginning of the season. You know he, he's again they sprinted up the straight again. He's not as slow as people think he is. I am. I'm going to have to have him on side. On the day, because I, I just I, I, I he is honestly you. the one. Like yeah, <laughs> he is he is honestly the one that 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 does concern me most. If back to file goes to the Turners, I'd I'd be on both Grey Dawning and and stay away fan. I could watch the race just a bit more relaxed. I think. Well, but you relax for Monty Star beats him off. Nah, he's got no chance. <laughs> that is that is a boat. Answer, answer, um, and, and Charlie. I mean that's. Very modern, isn't it? A stay away Faye. Is his stable name Faye? Yeah, surprisingly. Yeah. Then, or Faye Faye, actually, I think the girls call him. Yeah, Shane Knight. Exciting, isn't it? Hey, Faye Faye. And then Ginny's Destiny. Madness. Very modern. Tell you, very modern. Talking of Ginny's Destiny, then, three to one for the turn. I mean, he's just been fantastic. Those three back to back wins made virtually all to win the um, Rob's Handicap Chase off top weight, which was a pleasing performance. And I did read on um, Sir Paul's website, a sparkling display from the front. So is that how we're going to analyse it? Yeah, look, I, I think if you'd have seen him, if you'd at the beginning of the season uh, see how he jumps at home, we'd be no surprise that he's been this good. But he has been absolutely brilliant with his jumping. Um, he's he's a wonderfully big horse and, and he is so athletic and, and a real natural. My only concern is he has won three hand, uh, three, three hand, two handicaps and a novice chase there. And it's a big step up from handicaps to grade one chases. Um, you know, Stage Star did it, but we knew Stage Star was a, a grade one hurdler having won the Chalo lot the year before he won the, the tournament. Mm. So GSS, he doesn't have that, but he is rock solid again. We know he'll jump. He's going he's gonna to go a good lick. We'll put a lot of those novices under pressure because he's possibly got slightly more experience and know-how than some of the others might. But whether something will just have that touch more class than him I would would be the only thing that makes me not shout from the rooftops at home. Yeah, well, Kev, I mean, the market 
and the prices on the Betfair Sportsbook three to one. There's a lot of confidence uh, for for Ginny's destiny. Yeah, look, and I, th- I think there's entitled. He's entitled to be the price he is. Like his far, he, he doesn't have grade one form of the book, as Charlie says. Like, but in fairness, it's hard to throw stones at his last couple of runs. You can make a case that Grey Dawning was a little bit unlucky, maybe when they met. But at the end of the day, there was a, it was a horse race, and Ginny's destiny came out on top. Um, seems to be improving every time. Course and distance is going to suit. Like one thing you'd worry about is um, like he seems to be well suited by making the running, and you know at Cheltenham, there's often a bit of heat up front. Um, so we'll see what the shape of the race looks like closer to the time but that's just one potential worry I'm sure he doesn't have to make the running but um, wouldn't it be lovely if he was left alone in front I'm sure it's Charity's thinking right now and that, that could well happen too but um, he looks a rock solid contender and um, again you're, you're a little bit at the mercy of what Willie chooses to run um, fact of file would be formidable for anyone um, and a couple of other potential ones coming in there as well but look we're not going to know about that until declaration morning, probably the way R- Willie rolls. So no point in getting worried about things you can't control. Just try forward and get him there in the best shape you can and see what happens. Yeah. By the way, this is life advice now. <laughs> oh, Daryl, the way Willie rolls. Well, um, the Turners is turning into a pretty interesting race, I've got to admit. Um, but yeah, what do you make of Ginny's Destiny 3 to 1? Yeah, I like him. I think the thing for, for punters, if you want to take on Ginny's destiny, that, that worries you is you don't really know where the ceiling lies with him. You know, he's stepped forward in each of his runs and he's probably achieved things already I didn't think he was capable of when he was a novice hurdler. And, uh, like, Harry's going to be, you know, we joke about uh, being left alone up front, but he was left alone last year on, on Stage Star. It's probably going to be a very small field. If you go down through the antipost markets, there ain't a lot of horses that are going to run in this. And then you've got to try and find, you know, horses that are going to want to make the running. If he's left alone out in front and he keeps popping away, you know, only to, like, like Charlie said, only takes one mistake in behind you and, and he's a relentless galloper. So, look, I do think he lacks the the the, the proper class of perhaps a, a festival winner. But he, again, you don't know where his ceiling lies. So you have to be very respectful of his chances. I'm not sure he lacks the class. I think it's that we don't know he has the class yet. Like his home at home, he he would work with all of the the really Grade One horses like Pictories and all of those. He would work with really good horses. It's just he hasn't quite taken that step and shown it on the on the track yet. That's my one thing. But I think he has it. It's just he hasn't quite shown it yet. Do you worry if he does get taken on for the lead? No, not at all. Not at all. Because if he doesn't get taken on, I think ride. yeah, he he he's quite a relaxed horse. He's not that keen. So if he does get taken on, I think he'll just get into his rhythm um, and then it's just whether he's good enough on the day. I, I wouldn't be... Harry won't get him in behind, but if something's upsides him in front or if he's just handy away, I think that'll be fine. But yeah. So the plan is to two mate to run in with him. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's what he's yeah. done the last three times. It's been yeah. successful. You wouldn't change it now, would you? No. But he's not, yeah. But luckily he's got a nice temperament ahead. Yeah. He's not going to go absolutely crazy if somebody's no. trying to take, take him on. No, no, not that's at all. Good, that's good to hear. And, and Charlie Hall's that... Um, I put up last year horse. I love stage star. I do, I don't care. I love this horse. I don't care what he does wrong. I just I I, I still love him. Last year, um, Turner's winner, stage star. Um, what when he pulled up? When he, what? I mean, obviously Paul had said there was some stiffness post race. He that last open ditch. He made a big mistake. So just what what happened? Yeah, he definitely wasn't a hundred percent afterwards. Um, he wasn't like bad by any means, but he that he definitely wasn't the normal sort of stage star after. He was a bit stiff. He had plenty of physio on him. 
Um, he actually scored this morning and he jumped brilliantly. Um, so we think we've got him back to his sort of best. But he, I'd, I'd be very inclined to put a huge line through New Year's Day. Um, it didn't look like it was happening from quite an early stage. Um, and, you know, so I'd, I'd ignore that. I'd just put it down to one of those days. Yeah, Paul wasn't really overly confident. Was no, hu- Paul, Paul was usually the most confident guy in that paddock and he wasn't overly confident that day and that's quite telling. Um, for some unknown reason, only he'd be able to tell you, but he wasn't fully full of confidence, which he usually is. And I, I just inclined to put a line through it and on his Paddy Power run, like that was a huge performance, you know, to do it off the weight he did. But the fact that he made... I thought I was stood down by the last and I thought he'd fell. So the fact that he he nearly fell basically stopped, picked himself back up and then pulled away again was a was a monumental performance and I think it puts him right in there, especially now that it looks likely that Alaho isn't going to run. I think it's quite an open race and I think he's got an absolutely massive chance. Okay, yeah, well, the price of the bet by Sportsbook stage star um, 9 to 2 right now and we'll get to Hitman um, in a minute at 20 to 1. Um, Daryl, Kev, uh, anything on stage star? Yeah, I thought he was remarkable. I, I thought at, at, at when he won the Paddy Power, like Charlie just said, to stop and pick up again as he did. He actually clocked a faster time from the back of the last of the line than the runner-up did, who was in full motion. Like that performance there for me was the one where he went, "Jesus, this is a this is a proper Grade One animal," you know. And uh, obviously, you know, I, I thought it was a little bit strange to, to come out on New Year's Day there, but I suppose they just wanted to get a spin in. Yeah, that was the problem we had because he can only go left-handed. And the the program doesn't suit him um, for two and a half mile graded chases. There really isn't anything. So it was either we went, I think, New Year's Day, or we went almost straight to the because he need he quite a good he needs a break and he's quite a, a horse that needs to be fresh. So it was either go straight to the festival or run him on New Year's Day. And Paul thought, well, we'll just run him, hope that he's like he was in good order and everything, and hope that he would win. But it was by no means by the end all. It was just to get him out, get a run into him before now we can line him up perfectly for for March. Yeah, I, I agree. I, like, I would put a complete line for it. Like I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't even worry about it. On I would, I would take more more notice of that Paddy Power win. And, and last year when he won the stage, uh, when he won the when Turners, I know he dictated the race for much of it, but he was crossing the line, you know, pulling the cart. Really, he, he had loads in hand there. Um, he's another one. If he he's going to be kept simple, I assume, go straight off the yeah. front, just yeah. you know, like. It's hard to it's hard to get horses beaten when they're the likes of Ginny's Destiny and Stage Start and they're just popping out in front and they're just running their race. You know, it's up to everything yeah. and put the effort in to come by them. So he's going to be in A1 position. He's clearly got the class to, to, to win the race. So, I mean, I'm sure Kev will try and knock him because he's got Banbridge at the top of the market here. That would be interesting to hear. But uh, he's got a great chance, hasn't he? Um, well, Nakano isn't gonna isn't gonna help anything. <laughs> the, the, the horses don't listen to me, unfortunately. But uh, no, it's you know, you have to give massive respect to what he did in November. That that was brilliant. Um, look, he has a blip to overcome, but um, he's had loads of time. To, the team have had loads of time to get him back to where he was um, in November. So, so you'd have to respect him massively. Um, Bam Bridge did did finish well at the front of a bit entry last year. For all of that, I'd say that wasn't. And he liked the, the the best of stage there. So, um, yeah, hopefully he goes, makes the run, and then gives Battlebridge a nice lead down to the last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky chappy. Uh, but no, I'm sure Charlie as well, you know, you don't fall on champion trainer for nothing. I bet you've got brilliant setup with videos and and any and getting these horses back to where they need to be. I mean, it's a really important part of it, horse husbandry, isn't it? 
Yeah, definitely. You know, he's a horse that, that probably needs a little bit more care and attention than others. Um, he has his physical ailments that we deal with, but we're well on top of them. Um, he, he gets seen by the physio every week. He he is looked after second to none and, and everything we've sort of got a handle on now. And I, he's in rude health at the moment. As I said, he, he had a little jump this morning and he was standing up outside the wings in, in usual stage style way. He was, he was in rude health. So very happy with him at the moment and hopefully he will be for the next four weeks. Brilliant. Alan Hitman then. I mean, that was a cracking run, wasn't it? Second to Shishkin in the Betfair, Dem and Chase, grade two, latest at Newbury. And Hitman, I did give the prize for tonight, but probably 20 to 1 right now. Yeah, I think it was by no means, it was his probably career best, getting that close to Shishkin and, and beating Protectorat, who are two very, very grade one good horses, you know. Um, I, I was surprised that he, I was shocked, to be honest, because he's a little bit, he's a little bit inconsistent. You never really know which Hitman's going to turn up. Um, but he put his best foot forward. I thought Harry gave him a brilliant ride, just crept into it. Possibly didn't quite see out the three miles on that sort of soft, heavy ground there. So I think the the two five for the Ryanair suits him. Look, the, he ran a, a brilliant race last year to finish third, and I could see him running really, really well again. Um, he'll probably, you know, stay so we'll give him a nice lead and he'll sort of ha sit halfway and take his time and hopefully come with a run. But if he could run into a place, I, I wouldn't be shocked in the slightest and hopefully he can put his best foot forward. No, I'd be giving Nichols all sort of stick here, Charlie. You now, because this this was this was a good plan, ruin this was, because uh, I I had my eye on him before the race and saying, "Geez, the handicapper is dropping him like a stone. He he'll have a fair chance at the festival place." <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know what the handicapper will do oh, after the other day, but I I last week he'll give him he'll give him a whack. <laughs> he's got like six. He's got yeah, like you put one six, five or six. Yeah. Right. No, we'll be back to the ride now. I think. That takes the plate out of consideration, I think. So, <laughs> there's, there's no, there's no chance Pictor is going to run, is there? Charity, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought so. Um, that he's going to all being well, he'll have a go at Saturday at the Ascot Grade One, and then he'll go and try and re retain his crown. The men in chase at Aintree, um, that suits him. He, he's slightly better on a flatter track, so Aintree seems to really suit him. Kempton's the likes, you know. So, hopefully, uh. Hopefully, Bambage can finish second and give him a good form boost. Tony Callum's been mounting a campaign for Pictor to run to the right air, and I've been saying for weeks how what a stupid thing that would be to do. So I'm glad you agree, mate, Terry. <laughs> never say never, though. Oh, no, we, we can say never. <laughs> You're allowed to say that on this show. Um, and, and Charlie, a horse to me that, oh, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. And Caliph de Belay, the triumph on the Backfest Sports book, 16 to 1. I think what I can see from this horse just looks a big, scopy chasing model. Pretty gorgeous. One debut for Ditchy, of course, Hurdle's debut as well. Um, and for Sir Alex Ferguson, Jed Mason, Hales, and Don. So a really nice prospect for them. I know awful about Hurdle's Allen, um, but. Moving on, um, yeah, it looks a really nice four-year-old, this. Yeah, he's a really, really nice horse. Uh, he's one we're really excited about in Ditch It. He said, I said when he turned up a few weeks ago that he's as nice a type as we've had from France in a long time. Um, he's one that we think an awful lot of. He wasn't fully wound up for Kempton in any means, so he won that without being... He's probably going to improve to five or ten pounds just for, for being wound up. Um, he... He's going to go, I think the plan is to go to the Adonis at the moment. Um, he's going to go there at Kempton. Um, hopefully he'll put in a nice performance and then they'll have the headache of whether they go to Cheltenham for the Triumph or go to Aintree. 
I couldn't tell you what way they're going to go at the moment, but he is a really exciting horse and one we're really excited about for the future. He he could be a real star. Yeah. Daryl, have you got any questions on Calif de Belay? Right, I just hope he goes to Aintree. That four-year-old hurdle looks, looks, looks tailor-made for him. I don't want him there taking on Sergino. Um, <laughs> he, he looks pretty smart, doesn't he? He, he looks... He looks fairly speedy. What 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 what's he bred for, Charlie? Oh, he's by Mars Marble. I know that. So he's but he he shows plenty of boot at home. Um, he works very well. He's got plenty of speed. He jumps really well. He's just a really high class horse. Um, and you know I think he's probably the highest class young horse we've got coming through at the moment. Um, and sort of we we're only scratching at the surface with him and. It, to see what he'll be like next year will be even more exciting because he is a big, strong horse who's only going to improve with time. Do you he's, know, a proper, he's a proper French chaser in the making, you know. He's not a sort of speedy X or flat horse for the Triumph. He's a he's a sort of a mould in the mould. Like if he could be anything like Clandazobo ran in the Triumph hurdle, he's in a his sort of mould. And if he could be anywhere near as good as him, God, we'd be amazed. It'd, it'd be amazing. But he's in that sort of mould of a horse, you know. Do you ever look at the Angtree Festival as... And you know this is with respect to entry, but as the softer option, like for a young horse like that, and and no disrespect to the, to the horses that run in it in the race or anything, but for a young horse like that, stepping forward and just taking it a little bit easier with them, yeah, because because the 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 undulations of Cheltenham and the and the, the atmosphere and obviously and everything that comes along with it, just going to entry is just a little bit of a softer option and it helps in their development. Well, you usually don't have to take on Willie's battalions at Aintree's to that bloody well host. Yeah, I could have just said that. Yeah, I do think Aintree is possibly slightly easier. You know, it also, it always depends on what turns up, but it usually is ever so slightly easier than Cheltenham. You know, the atmosphere isn't quite as intense. The pressure on everyone isn't quite as much. It's definitely a more enjoyable week the few days at Aintree than the four days at Cheltenham. It's definitely less stressful for us anyway. Yeah. Look, if he goes there, he it, it it all depend on what Paul thinks is the right thing for the horse. Um, that's what it will all depend on. If he if he thinks that after Kempton, you know, hopefully he'll go and win and put in a nice performance. If he thinks the Triumph is is the right thing for him, he'll go. And if he thinks Aintree is, he'll go there. It'll all that that will all depend on that. It's very much you know up in the air with him, but he is a lovely, lovely horse. And another one, Charlie, I've got to just throw in as well though is that Liari because uh, he looked gorgeous at Musselburgh. Yeah, he's a lovely. So he's 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 actually a massive flat horse. He's he's a big boy. He's like sixteen two. So he came from he's by Cracksman. He came from the Aga Khan in the summer. Um, he's he's been he's done nothing wrong so far. He's unbeaten over th- three out of three. He will either go for the Triumph, but he got a mark of one hundred and thirty four, which qualifies him for the the Fred Winter the Boodles now. So that is very much under consideration as well. Um, he he's a lovely horse, and he he could run one in one of them. I think he's better than one hundred and thirty four. Yeah. Am yeah, I... I think we've only scratched the surface so far. Um, I couldn't tell you how much that would be. That would be telling, wouldn't it? <laughs> I suppose himself and um, Khalif the Burney two... beat, beat the same horse. Yeah, uh, and the, the Roar Legend second to the two of them. Yeah, and the two horses that Paul has won the Fred Winter previously and the most recent anyway, in Diego and Colando, they were both off 133. So he's in the right ballpark. Mm. So um, he, he could he could be a nice one to run in that race and see how he gets on. Exciting. And Daryl, did we want to talk about Captain Teague as well? Ask Charlie about Captain Teague. Well, yeah, yeah. He's just, uh, he's, uh, well, obviously he's got two options, hasn't he? He's got the, the Ballymore and the Albert Bartlett. Um, just wondering what your plans were, were of him and how you think his season's gone so far. I think he's had, first of all, he's had a brilliant season. Any horse that wins a, a grade one is um, 
it's just it's a brilliant thing to do an achievement it's great for his sort of future but I've never been so disappointed when they got beat at Cheltenham. I was absolutely devastated in that paddock. Because, like, beginning of the season, we honestly thought he was a superstar. Um, I still think he is, but I couldn't believe he got beat. I thought he just jumped the last one quick and clear. And I was, I think we all were just absolutely devastated. And then he came out and right, right in the wrong and, and won the Chalo grade one. So that was great. I, I'd imagine the, the likelihood at the moment is, and, and this could change, but I, I think they're leaning more towards the Albert Bartlett with him. Um, he'd run in the the oh god I can't remember the pronounced the name the Ballymore Biggin or the whatever it's called Bear, Bearing Bingham yeah. yeah that's the one uh, he'd run in that if it got very very soft um, so if it was really soft ground or heavy ground he might he'd probably go there but I think all all systems are sort of set for the Albert Bartlett and I I think he's a massive price personally um, yeah I think he's a massive price do you do you think he needs to be ridden with a little bit more cover and just held held behind horses for longer I remember in a champion um it, it's uh where was it was it at Chepstow he seems to when he got round the back at Chepstow he seems to just switch off and just relax really really lovely and then when Harry pulled him out there it was almost a bit of a burst of speed from him and I haven't really seen that since. I wonder if he just saw too much daylight in the channel for too long. Therefore, he wasn't as impressive as perhaps he, he looked like he may have been at two out. Yeah. Harry definitely thought he got there too soon. Um, Paul said he wanted to see see him land over two out and give him a kick and, and put the race to bed. And he probably, he definitely idled in front. Um, Harry said he also felt like he had lots left. If something had come to him, he would have gone on again, but it is so hard on with young horses in that ground. I mean, it was it was brutal that day, the ground and and the conditions. You know, and I'd, I'd be I'd be willing to let him off that day because just how bad the conditions were. But I I would agree. I think they'll ride a nice, handy, get a lead. He certainly won't be making the running in the Albert Bartlett, and they'll cover him up and and sort of bring him out for a run. I'd say he's he's very different from stays from stay away Faye last year. So Captain Teague would show quite a lot more. He'd be a very, very good workhorse here in Ditchit. Um, he shows plenty of speed at home, real high-class cruising speed, where Stay Away Faye was probably your more dour stayer um, sort of in the mould, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, like, would there be would there be a stamina doubt about him in the Albert part? Just because like, he, does, he does seem to get there quite easily in his races, to, tra- to be fair, and travel well, you know? Yeah, I I think he'd stay. I I don't have any doubts about him staying. You know, if you're going to stay two, four around Newbury on heavy ground, I'd like to think he'd be able to stay the three miles of of the Albert Bartlett. I have no doubt, and I I think he'd have the class and the nas- the actual speed that he'll be able to smuggle into the race and get there quite easily. You'd think. Like have rudder have have rudder to Sky Pirate famously came alive and dropped the two miles up and had to run over. Jeez, that old. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, I, I um I was there that day at Newbury on the 30th. God, I'm never going to forget that day at Newbury because I was doing the jockey walk back, so I was stood outside all day. And I made a joke to Harry, saying, "Come on, Harry, you've just won." And Captain Teague, but I could see Harry was a bit furious with himself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Getting to the front, I could yeah, he, I could read that straight away. But I thought I'm going to say it anyway because it makes good teeth, doesn't it? He could have smiled, man. He did win a Grade One. He could have smiled. You were dead right. I was going to Harry, be bugger. And then he kind of went. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Okay, mate. Well, obviously, this goes to show like the regard that a lot of people and the expectation of this horse. The fact that he's won a Grade One, and we're sort of like saying, "Oh, why didn't he? Why didn't he win it more?" You know, yes. yeah, we, we thought he was a Grade One horse at the beginning of the season. Um, made no qualms about it. That I thought he was the best novice hurdler in the in ditch it. You know, and I thought he was a Grade One horse. You know, you don't finish. I think I think there's a stat that the three other horses that Paul has had placed in the Champion Bumper all won Grade One novice hurdles. So we. 
we we really did hold him in a huge amount of regard and, and we still do still do and I, I think he'll be an even better chaser and I, I think he'll be a grade one novice chaser next year yeah right we're gonna um end our Paul Nichols stable tour virtual stables tour thanks to you uh Charlie Davis on Tishan who did brilliantly um in the bumper there at X. I mean, that was heavy ground. I can't believe the way he actually full clear. Um, 14 to 1 into 6 to 1, the champion bumper then on the Betfair Sportsbook. So, Charlie, you must have been pleased with that. Yeah, but brilliant debut. Um, look, he came with a huge amount of, of press, mainly from the Bloodstock agent, Tom, <laughs> saying how much he always said last week on the podcast. I've never seen him so nervous as before T-Shad. He went and basically <laughs> down to the last fence and was just... I've also never heard someone shout a bumper winner as loudly as he was as well. <laughs> um, no, he couldn't have asked uh, He couldn't have asked for a better display. Travelled brilliantly. He really travelled, which he hasn't shown at home. He's quite workmanlike at home, so... But travelled really well, and, and Harry said he was, he didn't come out of third gear. He won it as far as easy as he liked. Um, really nice performance. Now, Cheltenham is not a definite plan. Paul and, and Johnny, his owner, will talk. Um, but he, he could go Cheltenham, but he could go to Aintree. I'd imagine those will be one of his next stops. Um, it will all depend on, you know, it was, a, it was, as you said, it was very, very heavy ground. So it would have taken a bit out of him. Um, so we'll just see how he comes out of it with a view to Cheltenham. But yeah. a lovely, lovely prospect. No, it really was. I'm sure Tom will be absolutely delighted that. Bucks, Bile and uh, T-Shan. Um, right, we're going to go on to our section two, which is basically the week that was. So don't feel that you have to talk about all these horses. It might be something that caught your eye. I'm basically going to... They're the market movers. So it's good to give the prices on the Betfair Sportsbook, but do just chip in with horses that you feel relevant or ones you want to talk about. And we start with our novice hurdlers. Hannah Stanley's 40 to 1 into 14 to 1 for that barring Bingham, which I call bearing Bingham or barring Bingham. Um, brighter day to head 72 into 11 to 4 for the Mayor's Novice Hurdle. Fun, fun, fun. 10 to 1 into 8 to 1 for the Mayor's Novice Hurdle also. So we can kick off if anyone wants to handstand. Obviously, it's a big market. We were 40s into 14s. Um, that was Huntington win for Ben Pauling. Looks a really an exciting prospect for their team. And he takes it. Ah, it's a one-four. Isn't he a Festival winner? I'm, I'm not entirely sure. He's unbeaten. We don't know where the ceiling lies with him, but um, could easily just be a one-forty horse, couldn't he? Look, I was uh, not really impressed. Uh, I don't really know what to say. Really, um, it was like it was. Well, Kev, how would you describe this? Fine. The fine, yeah, fine would yeah. be good. Yeah, <laughs> for fine slash grand. But probably fine. Yeah, you do realize future shows because we're nearly at the festival. We just need little signs, so you don't even have to speak. You just go fine, grand, okay. But leading on, brighter days ahead was probably grand, Kev. So take it away. Brighter days ahead, seven to two into eleven to four for the mayor's novice hurdle. No, I, I thought she was very good. Uh, I was very impressed with her. We watched her closely now because I was. I was talking about it, I'd weighed in the other day, but uh, I was very, I, I, I like to think now, and I could be wrong, I'd like to think of a pretty good read on Gordon Elliott when he's talking about horses, or when we go through them um, early in the season and that, and I was very taken with the way he spoke about this mare um, back in October, you know, clearly held her in really high regard, and um, she's done nothing wrong since, she's won, she's three out of three over hurdles, 
that was her return from a break and she was impressive. That he said she had a couple of little a couple of little hold ups, so he didn't think she was cherry ripe. I'm entitled to win, but I thought her jumping had come forward again. She she was low and fluent and um like like for one bred the way she is, like she she's she's a quick hurdler. Um, you know, she she's from that really super current family, you know, she's a half to um She's a sister to uh, the poor little fated mighty Potter and Caldwell Potter and uh, the French Dynamite as well. Like, so there's loads going on there. And um, I, I just Gordon was at it again then after after the run the other day, like with some big talk. Like, he, he clearly does really, really like her. And uh, for me, she's the second fan for the mayor's novice at the minute, but she'd be the one I'd be giving preference to now. Um, I, I'd have great respect for Jade Grugy. And others, as bright, 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 brighter days ahead. In in short, is um is a really good mare, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if she goes and wins at Cheltenham. And Kev, your performance of the week as well, brighter days ahead. Absolutely, no, not a hint of doubt or hesitation. <laughs> Proper little fire burning under there. Yeah, it looks hard to be. I suppose the only thing you could ever say is on the quicker ground, because only because we've not seen her anything but yielding. Um, but. I'm sure that's not really a massive issue, is it, for something of that ability? Um, Daryl, anything to add? Or we there's fun, fun, fun as well, and handstands. Any, any of those? Uh, look, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's something we should just like pass off as being like um, non-consequential uh, in terms of the ground for better days ahead. Like this was okay. two miles five on heavy ground. Don't forget that the time was pretty good. Um, the time was good. Uh, there this was a slow finishing effort. She looks pretty smart. Like I think, she, I, I genuinely think she should probably be favourite. But you, you will have that, you know, two miles, fast pace, spring ground. You've got to have that in the back of your mind. She's, you know, she, she's been winning on deep, deep ground at the moment. Uh, Dice Enos has got a blistering turn of foot, so it's a fascinating heat. I think she should be favourite over Jade Grugy, in my opinion. Um, I think they've got that the wrong way round. Uh, I can see Dice Enos probably having a little bit of a drift closer to the, to the time of the race. So I'd probably hold on if you if you like her. Don't back her just yet. I'd wait. Um, fascinating contest. I think, it, like I said the other week, I think it's turning into a, a three-runner race. But very difficult to split them at the minute, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and Charlie, it's so hard to say because we just we just never know with the ground, though. We've been at Cheltenham some years and, it, you know... It, nice spring ground and other times we've had an absolute deluge of rain it's it, your poor john pullen was it his first or second year clarking it's 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 really difficult that time of year as well yeah it could be anything couldn't it you know we we all think it's going to be that sort of good to soft proper jumping ground but it could it could you know they one thing they won't do is they won't let it get any quicker than that it'll be good to soft ground at least um but yeah it could it could torrential rain like it did that year when when paul, paul brave man out you know and it was that, that joyful experience. Um, right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. but it does happen more than we kind of. Yeah. We, we all, you know, there was the joke for years, like at the grass grounds. Of course, it's going to be good to soft on day one, but sure, it happened again last year. Like it was a fair chunk of rain where Banbridge came out of um, of the Turners, you know, and on account of the ground. And um, it's it's it seems we we won't we all talk about climate change but it does seem to be happening a little bit more in the last decade we do have to yeah, take like... it seriously though because every year and yeah we've been in deluge and it's it's something that we have to talk about because it is changing isn't it uh, 11 to this... 4 though you've got the luxury of waiting haven't you from a from a punning perspective you know she's not going to be she's not going to be odds on any time between now and Cheltenham so you do have the luxury of waiting and seeing what's going to happen fair enough fair enough um, on to our novice chasers then um for Billy, 
Rabili, I think you say Rabili twenty-five to one into sixteen to one for the plate handicap for John Joyne or JP McManus won the opener. Um, it was that recent run. It was three run a race, um, but it did go quite tight to the finish. So, any love for Krabili? Yeah, a little bit. He's a, he's a nice horse. It was a very tactically run affair, though. The one thing I would say, it was a suited Krabili's turn of foot that he showed to get on tomorrow on top of tomorrow's. Um, Charlie will know obviously how how you know well prepared he was for that particular race. I don't know if the race was sort of run to suit him. Um, I, he's looking a bit more like a stayer, Charlie. Is he? Tomoras, yeah. Tomoras could only tell you why he didn't win on on Sunday. <laughs> Harry, <laughs> Harry suddenly he threw it away. He thought I, I stood by the last report. He was a leg up jump in the last, and we thought he'd pull away and win. He decided that he'd then run left at the at the rail. So he, he's he's a horse with a huge amount of talent, but a little bit of a quirky. Uh, he's got a quirk in him. Um, so that I I think Crivelli's a grand horse in his form when he fell behind Ginny Cessny. That looks quite nice, but I think he was sort of flattered to win on Saturday. I think if, if Tamaras had galloped in a straight line, he wouldn't have got past him. So yeah, the uh, definitely be more for a handicap than he would be for a for a sort of turners. I'd say yeah, definitely he's got a chance in the, he's got a chance in the um in the plate handicap. I took out from the race. I took Trelawn out from the race. I think this horse is crying to go up to three miles. Um, I think he could be a, a big runner in the Ultima if if that's the way to go. I know they've got Shantico Glasgow um, in there, but Trelawn was was behind Ginny's Destiny and Grey Dawn in at Cheltenham. He's off a mark of 145. He's been left alone after the weekend. Um, uh, like the cheap piece have gone on recently. He's a homebred for, for, for Kim Bailey. He just screamed stepping up and trip will bring out loads of improvement. He was twice a winner over hurdles, over 2.6, 2.7 on deep ground uh, as a novice hurdler. So I think there's improvement to come from him and he's he's got that bit of class form with the likes of Ginny's Destiny and uh, Grey Dawn who are going to obviously contest the grade one race at the festival. So Trelawne was the one to take out of it, I think. Yeah, no, really interesting. Um, our other novice chasers, American Mike, um, Kevin, I'm going to come to you because look to bounce back, really, uh, to win at Navin. First attempt of three miles, it does look like stamina is absolutely a sport, eh? And I thought Gordon had mentioned um, murmurs of, of the Irish national for American Mike. Yeah, sure, Gordon would say himself he's been a bit confused by the horse um, to the point where, like you say, he won a real slog over three miles at Navin on Sunday. It looked like stamina was all his thing. And it is two entries at Cheltenham or the Arkham and the Turners. He's not in the he's not in the brand advisory at all. Um so he has been a bit of a mystery, but look, I think he's I think he's getting there. Of course, the only horse to beat um fact to file over fences so far. And um look at the it, it, like I don't think the handicapper would be given him much mercy I would have viewed to the Irish National. Um he hasn't been he hasn't been hiding anything to what he's doing. Um but yeah, look at with There'll be other races there for him. You know, they had the option if they really wanted of supplementing into the Brown Advisory, um, but taking a slightly more patient approach might be no harm. And I'd say in fairness on Sunday, that, that was a that was a hard enough race now for the for the main protagonist. Um, Nick Rocket is potentially going to be one for the National on Chase, it seems, but um that, that was a hardy enough old race now. Um so I bear that in mind. Yeah, Daryl, Nick Rocket, six to one into five to one now, National Hunt Chase. Yeah, shocking price that is, isn't it? He ain't going to stay a yard over three miles, is he, that horse? Um, American Mike looked done with 50 yards to the line and battled back. And I thought uh, Nick Rocket took the widest route. Paul Tanner was very clever, staying out, staying out, of, the, uh, out of the swamp. Um, came there with a challenge, just couldn't sustain it. Um, I'm not sure what the what the, what the fuss is about. It's Nick Rocket, is, to be honest with you. We mentioned a few weeks back, Kev, didn't we, that um, American Mike should be kind of the national hunt chase. Like, what, yeah, I think we started it. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's having mm-hmm. to make the right pigs here of that, Gordon, isn't he? 
Yeah, we're talking. We're talking about his pedigree. This is um, his mammy finished placed in an Irish Grand National. American Jenny. She was a right. She was a right mare, um, and she stayed really well. And uh, by by Maller, who um, geez, he, he he won the Queen's Vase before they shortened it up. He won the Queen's Vase when it was a two miler. I, was, I think he, I think he finished in the frame in the Melbourne Cup. So stamina, on stamina. So why why are we surprised? Was always going to was always going to stay four miles. <laughs> Charlie, it's never good when we start um, when we start giggling. But if you got anything to add on American Bike or indeed Nick Rocket? Oh, um, I I disagree with the boys that. America might looks like he wants three and a half miles and, and Nick Rocket, I think he's always one that's flattered to deceive. He he looked like he was gonna be a proper graded horse and he's never really quite gone through with it now and I wouldn't I wouldn't have much confidence in him coming to Cheltenham and um America might looks like he's in the wrong races, but hey <laughs> it's easy to say that now, isn't it? Well, um hurdlers, our hurdlers section, Daryl, you've definitely got to kick us off with uh Iberico Lord twelve to one into eight to one in the county hurdle uh, after winning that Betfair hurdle at Newbury, no big fear, but we can argue the map you know, is it the same Betfair hurdles that it used to be? We can go into that, but still a good performance, and I believe Iberico Lord is your performance of the week. Yeah, I thought you won this really well. This was a, a you know, blister in time, really, for a bet for Hurdle on ground like that. He was probably well positioned, you could argue, sort of sat in midfield, given a great ride by Nico. But I thought he finished his race off really strongly. Like, he had a good, good whack in hand. He's now won the Greatwood and the Betfair Hurdle, and he's gone up £9. He's only rated 142. So you can see why the traders are putting him in, him in at the top of the market for the for the county. Uh, typically, it does come up quite, well, not quite soft. It comes up soft that day. Uh, looking back through the years, so look, he'd he'd have every chance of, of picking up another big pot there off a mark of 142. Um, Charlie mentioned before we come on air that the Betfair hurdles is probably not as deep as it once was when we used to have like Kalashnikov and that supreme prospects coming into the race. I would agree with that. I think it's across the board though. I don't think there's um, I I think our like like you just got to look at a few of our graded events. You've got like 125 rated horses in grade twos, like with a chance and single figure, you know, single figure prices to win those grade twos. And I just think across the board that a lot of our novices and and, and handicappers are struggling to get above that 140 mark or or put to bed a 145 mark. So he could be a horse that's on the up. He could have plenty more to come. He's definitely one to to keep an eye on. But there were there were plenty of eye captures in the race. I thought Doddy the Great, for example, I think he's gonna be a lovely chaser next year. Um but yeah, lots lots to pick out of that bet for Hurdle. I thought it was a cracking race. It's a fair point about the the kind of the depth in, in, in these big handicap hurdles compared to what it used to be. Like like the top rate and the the top weight in the Bet for Hurdle was one three nine. You know, the top weight in the Greatwood was was one forty. You know, like, it, geez, that's a long way from where they kind of used to be. And the county hurdle, in fairness, like Cheltenham being Cheltenham, it does get get more depth than any place else. And, like, the top weight will, will still be probably, you know, at least 150, maybe closer towards 155. So he, he will probably find it, even though he's won, like, two of the biggest handicap hurdles of the season, technically. He probably will still himself find it, a, a, you know, a classier, deeper race. And he, and he has gone up a whack in the weights as a result. He's up seventeen pounds for two wins. Um, but I agree with Daryl in that. I think watching the race, I, I think he did win. Still with 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 a nice chunk up his sleeve. Um, would he probably want rain? I think it's fair to say, ideally. Um, if 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 you know, come close to the day or whatever. But yeah, I think there's more to come. Like if he's 
And if you're setting the spread now, I'd be I'd be buying in terms of what his end game official rating would be. I'd say there's still more to go. Yeah, he was impressive. That the turn of foot he showed after the last to quicken pass load of was quite impressive. I thought, especially on that ground. Um, but I think I I, th- I think a lot of a lot of the issues we have is that I think horses are slightly like for example a ditcher we wouldn't have anywhere near as higher quality two milers, especially novices um, as we once had. And I think that's a, a lot of the the fact in in Britain less so in Ireland with Willie, but I think in Britain there are less high quality two mile novice hurdlers. Everyone seems to be more inclined to step them up in trip, step them up in trip, you know. Look at the the Supreme Market. I don't think there's there's barely a British horse mentioned really. I think that's it. Really... The, the supply chains definitely a factor mm. as well, Charlie, in that we don't we, we only get a fraction of flat horses going hurdling. Uh, exactly. you know, a good class of flat horse going hurdling that we did twenty years ago. Like that that's kind of all yeah. all change. And I'd say that's definitely impacting both countries too. Like you still it's a, it's an issue in Ireland. You don't see loads of good flat horses. Um, look, you're getting precocious French horses trying to fill the gap, but like you say, a lot of the time they're being worked towards fences, are being worked towards longer mm-hmm. trips. So, um, like it, it's not by accident that it's happened, but there hasn't been a whole lot of reaction in terms of race planning to sort of adapt the program to these underlying changes. Just might mean that he's got loads more in hand off a of mark of 142 because of the because of the lacking depth of horses that are rated above that. You go back to that Betfair fighting fifth and you see that you wear it well who was rated 142 was favourite for the grade one fighting fifth there, you know? So perhaps he could have a good bit chunk in hand off the off a mark hundred and forty two. Yeah, and he acts around Cheltenham, didn't he, winning the Great Woods. So you haven't yeah. got that concern. He's done it on a flat track and at Cheltenham now. So I I wouldn't shock me at all if he backed it up. Well, only time will tell, but we can move on to our chaser section then. Um, Shishkin unchanged 8-1 to one for the Gold Cup. Shishkin, yeah, that was fantastic winning the uh, Betfair Demon Chase, wasn't it? Hitman, of course, in second place. Um, Allegory Devasi 7-1 to one into 9-1 to one for the Mare's Chase. But Charlie, I wanted to come to you with Edward Stone 16-1 to one into 10-1 to one now for the Champion Chase. I believe Edward Stone is your performance of the week. Yeah, I thought he was brilliant. The, the change of tactics seemed to make a huge difference. Um, I know he didn't beat a huge amount, but Boot Hill is no mug and he beat him out of... I know he unfortunately had tipped up, but he was he was getting nowhere near him. And I think the fact that they now made the running and he settled better and he, I thought he jumped as well as he could. Um, you know, I thought it was a, a very, very good performance. Whether it's good enough to beat Al Fabiola or John Bond, I wouldn't know. But I thought it was definitely the most Im- impressive performance on Saturday. Um so I, I look forward to he put himself back in the picture, I think. Um, so, yeah, no, very good performance. He certainly did. And, Daryl, we've got a listener question for you from Frank Grimes saying, um, what's your betting strategy during the festival? Do you do lots of each way accumulators? Do you do many doubles, trebles or lucky 15s? Well, I'm betting the Cheltenham Festival from October. So from October, that entire period right through and until the festival. So... Like I do a lot of anti-post betting. So basically, when you come to ask me to tip a horse on the day, I should be towards the top of the market. And if I'm not, then I'm definitely doing stomach wrong. But um, my actual betting strategy for the festival is I, I, I'm I, not looking for flittery little each way bets at nine to one. No, I'm looking to I'm looking for the winner of the race, you know, and I'm looking to hit it quite hard. So, you know, look, we talk about value all the time in betting and, you know, betting every single day is it's in integral part of what you do you know but for those four days it doesn't go out the window because you shouldn't say that that's a stupid thing to say but people want winners you want to be on the winner right so 
there is a little bit of leeway for those four days. If you're just betting for those four days, you want to be packing winners, is my opinion. You know, I know we want value in our selections, but yeah, I'm just looking to hit the, the ones I like and I'm looking to hit them hard. Fair enough. Absolutely. Go <laughs> on then, Daryl. What's your, what's your best anti-post bet that you're sat on at the moment? Which one are you, which one are you purring over? So Gino at 24 to 1. Fair enough. <laughs> now, I looked this morning, he's now 4 to 5 on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, and which one went up in smoke? Um, oh, um, it couldn't be. It could, it could be Irish Point that's about to go up in smoke. He's so fourteen and sixteen to one, but Gordon seems to want to run him in the in the champion hurdle for third place for some strange <laughs> bloody reason. Um, but to be honest, like last year, I, I went in. I, I thought I was going in there with with a real good hand, and then at this time, a lot just went injuries, stepping on stones. This yeah. year, touch wood, it's it sort of stood its ground, not too bad. So. But look, don't get me wrong. I'll be I'll be looking to back up it again at the festival, and you know, and to be punting hard. But my point more so is like I'm not really trying to look for horses that have, like you know, the sixteen to one shot. Oh, he's got a good chance of hitting the frame, but he's probably got no chance of winning. They don't interest me. Uh, they're not in. I don't care about them. Oh, winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another basket move for you, which we don't need to talk about. But juvenile hurdlers, eagle fan, forty to one into sixteen to one for the boodles. Wanted to point that out. Uh, champion bumper, Cantico, sixteen to one into twelve to one. Which Charlie, if it's okay, got a question to come to you from our listener because we really love to involve the listeners into the show. From WV Horse and Cricket, thoughts on the champion bumper after the performances of Cantico and Tishan yesterday. Look, Cantico was very, very good. But I think the and, and obviously, as we said earlier, Tishan was brilliant. But I think the champion bumper is a lot more open this year than it has been. Um, usually, you have a sort of a, a Willie or a Gordon horse that's really won three bumpers in a row, won a grade one at Leperstown and really struck himself as being the, the guy to do it, you know. Uh, this year, I think it's a lot more open. There's a, you, You're sort of doing it a bit more on potential than actual form, I think. I know Jalon Duderis has won two bumpers, but you know he's he doesn't strike you as being a champion bumper horse, you know. But he's favourite, I think, and I think it's a lot more open this year than it has been. You know, we've got two in the market that I think, you know, uh, Tishan obviously has has come in quite a lot, but one that's for us that's going to run is Quebecois. He he won an extra bumper equally as impressively as 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 Tishan did and, and Harry eulogised about him afterwards and I think him at 33 to 1 is just the, the difference in price there is purely just reputation there's no form there's no one doesn't look better than the other in the ditch it is purely the fact because one came and won a point to point by 41 lengths and has did it recently whereas Quebecois was last year's horse and I'd say he's just as good as Tishan in my eyes Ooh. Oh, we like it as a little nugget of information that we've Gotten out of you, Charlie. <laughs> um, Kevin, we've got a question for you from Josh. Um, how do you decide whether a horse is good enough to overcome a penalty or not? Um, penalty? Like, I don't know, is this a general question or a chapter specific one, which in which case it's probably referring to the mayor's novice hurdle. Um, actually, look, it's fairly straightforward. You know, if the penalty is five pounds, do you think the one carrying the penalty is five pounds better than the ones that aren't carrying the penalty? Um, I wouldn't overcomplicate it any more than that. Um yeah, I'm, I'm currently trying to find out why those penalties exist in the mayor's novices hard. So, so watch, watch this space. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Would it put you off, Kev? Would it put you off? Uh, I, I know. Th I think last year, the, well, the last two winners have carried a, carried a penalty, haven't they? And I think the first three are in 2022. 
did as well. Would it, it can work. It, it can work in your favor too. It all depends on what your opinion is and how strong it is. You know, like if you think if you think brighter days ahead is a five pounds better mare than um, Di Sardinos, you know, you're you're, you're going to get a better price for your money because of that that penalty situation. Um, but look at it; it's like everything else. It has to be counted in. Weight weight counts, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just got to weigh it up. But it can, it can work for you. It can it make it get you a bigger price than you would otherwise. I do think it's pretty sharp of Fergal to have done that, though. You know, I know like mm. she is by far and away good enough to have won a listed race somewhere along the way. I do think it's sharp of him to have kept five pounds off her. Um, you know, I know she. You could argue has she had the experience, but she's run in some pretty big fields. She's run at Cheltenham against the boys. You know, that would you'd argue that's just as hard as some listed races. So I do think it's pretty sharp of him to have kept five pounds off, and it can only be a benefit. It is nuts, though, isn't it? Because the whole point of the mayor's graded race <laughs> program is, is to try and get the mayors to be as high achieving as possible, like and then put on paper how good they are for the benefit of the breed, you know. And then you, you've got a, a showcase mayor's novice herd at the Cheltenham Festival, and they put a penalty system in place that incentivizes you not to win this to the greater races. <laughs> like it just seems it is madness when you nuts. think about it. It's, it just makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, no, I'm going to get an answer on that. I'm determined to yeah. find an answer on that. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't make sense. It's completely fucking illogical. I mean, none of it makes sense. Um, Daryl, we'll do this last question because we do encourage people to write in. Um, may the horse be with you for Daryl. How far back do you look at previous form before you think it is no longer relevant? Uh, it's always relevant uh, to a degree, but I try to like keep it re- fairly recent. So within the last two years would 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 be something I could use to make a case for a horse, but any further back than that it depends like it really depends on the horse's age etc it's a good question isn't it it is a good be- question because yeah. when we get to the when we get to the handicaps at Cheltenham like you do get a lot of it like people will lean on past festival form even if the evidence in the meantime is is, is pretty shady I you do. know we'll, we'll, we'll get the ultimate example of course with Langer Dan who's been you know one of those for, for a few years now and you know, this this year could be the year that it all, that it all comes apart. Because to me, he does look. You know, he looks actually gone this time. <laughs> not not just pretend gone. <laughs> or oh, oh, pretend gone. Oh, oh, I forgot. And, and he said he'd still go off. And he still go off five to one as well. <laughs> I was just going to mention about Shishkin. I, I watched um I watched the race in the uh, Newbury alongside Nicky Henderson in the Royal Box, and the one the couple of things. Sure, he enjoyed that. Oh, yeah, I did. I was special for a day. No, I said, I'm sure he enjoyed that. Oh, no. <laughs> I, thought, I thought there were a couple of things to note, though. Uh, I thought it just wouldn't be worth saying. He was watching him at the start very, very closely, like on edge. And the second thing was... He's on edge every second of his life there. <laughs> but, terrified of everything. <laughs> but the second thing was, is that... He jumped poorly in the middle part of the race and he, he turned around to someone, not me. He turned around to someone and he went, see, that's why he needs cheek pieces. So I got the feeling that, and then he won. He was like, like you know, relieved. But I, I would not put past him putting those cheek pieces back on for the Gold Cup. And what I would say is the only time he refused to start was when he was in those cheek pieces. So... You know, pumpers be aware if you're going to back him anti-posting because if they go on, you could be in a world of trouble if he refuses. Stick the, stick the blinkers on him, Nicky. No messing. Come on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the cotton wool ready in the horse foot. Uh, the final um, 
third section then is, of course, our anti-post selections for the festival at this stage. I won't go through all the weeks because this is week number 12, so we'd be here a long time. Yeah, but completely. No, no no, benefit to doing that, Natalie. Move I on, hold on. I won't do that to you. I promise I that to you. But I will give you last week's selection, Daryl. I uh, was good time, Johnny. Eight to one for the kid. You're now seven to one. Kev decided to have no bet, so um, Charlie, don't have to have a bet. Totally up to you. Richard Hoyles was our guest, and he was on John Bond seven to two. The champion chase still seven to two. So, um, as soon as you're our guest, be polite, Charlie, to go to you first for your anti-post selection for week twelve. I think I've got a stick in house, haven't I? So I'm going to go. I'm going to do two if you don't mind. Oh, breaking the rules! It's <laughs> breaking the rules, but I'm going to go. Stay away, Faye, to win, and then I'm going to go Quebecois each way in the bumper. I I like this. Excellent. This is good. There you go. Well, go to Kev first. Go to Kev first. Okay, Kev, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm going to stick Brighter Days ahead in my in my barrel. Um. Yeah. I, I think she'll shorten. I think she'll go off half. Uh, while she's not exactly a, a mega price at the minute, um, I think uh, the the Gordon Glint will will, will have her shortening away uh, the closer we get. So, in the absence of something more creative this week, that'll do for me. Okay, Tyrell. Uh, well, I put two up on Sunday in the column. Um, their prices have halved in price now, so I can't really put them up. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I think Lahom Presse is a good price at ten to one for the Gold Cup. He's gonna come out on Saturday. Uh, Ascot, I know Charlie's got a couple of Pictorias in there. It'd be a fascinating race to see see how he gets on there, but I I, I think he's too big of a price for the, ten to one for the Gold Cup. There's very little. I mean, Gallop into Champs has already beaten fast or slow, and uh, yeah, I just think there's improvement to come from Long Press. So ten to one's too big. Okay, thank you for your underpay selections. Uh, this week we're going to finish off with a question. A question by Steve. Uh, Steve Winter fifty one says. What is your best outsider of the festival? Thank you. Okay, I'll give you one. Um, he's already in my portfolio, so it rolls off the tongue. Uh, Hold by the knee is still 33 to 1 for the stairs hurdle. So. Right. Uh, he's still 33 for the for the stairs hurdle, isn't he? I'm not a dancing dolphin, Natalie. I can't just go on command. To please you. <laughs> it's not the one I was looking for, but it, it might have achieved the same goal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you are lovely. Uh, Darryl, you got one? Yeah, I, I couldn't find one. I was half, I was half tempted to men- mention um, Welcome to Cartroids for the for the Albert Bartler, but Charlie said that he's um, quite possibly not going to run there. So I wouldn't have thought they'll take each other on, that's for certain. I, I don't think you'd have Captain T. Yan welcome there in the same ownership, and I wouldn't have thought they'd take each other on. Okay. I imagine cool. we probably will see him at Aintree in the in the three mile there. Okay, cool. I like that also. Um that was, so I haven't got one, sorry. Yeah, look at that. If you if you're if you want outsiders, like really the thing to do is just just sit on those old hands and wait a little bit because the, the handicap entries will be out soon and for the man that likes a, or, or a woman, of course, that likes a bigger price punt, um, the handicaps are the only show in town, really, at Cheltenham these days, are they? Uh, you know, yeah. uh, other than that, it's going to be lay or play fabs the whole way through. So the handicaps are the real meat for the um, for the bigger price players. So not allowed to wait for that now. I can't Absolutely. wait myself to my highlight of the year. Get to get up on me, <laughs> get up on me old soapbox and cry about the handicap marks. I love it. <laughs> uh, honestly, yeah. Uh... 
Oh, oh J- James has just reminded me that uh, I mentioned Ethical Diamond at the, at the preview. But when I mentioned that, James, um, well, I mentioned him a few weeks ago. He's a hundred to one. Then I mentioned him in the preview is fifty to one, and now he's thirty three to one. So he, look, he's getting too short, and we don't really know where he's going to go. He might to try and chuck in a run and get into the boodles, but um, so Gino wins a triumph anyway, doesn't he? And James, by the way, isn't a dancing dolphin. James is a producer <laughs> that keeps us all on track, particularly <laughs> a couple of us that like to go off piece sometimes. Uh, but uh, thank you very much, Charlie. We really hope you've uh, enjoyed your hour and maybe 10 minutes with us. It's flown by, hasn't it? Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, that at the end, I said I better say it quickly because hold by the D, if you want that 33 to 1 pronouncing my THs beautifully, there is only one show in town, the standout firm, a 33 to 1 out of Betfair Sportsbook. So there you I go. I don't want you to pronounce it properly. Your accent's adorable. It's gorgeous. <laughs> don't forget as well about the completely free bet on racing multiples available every weekend right up until Cheltenham. Um, opt-in required, T's and C's apply, to so make sure you visit the Betfair Sportsbook. As always, please, please gamble responsibly. Go on to the Betfair Sportsbook to check out our safer gamble tools on offer. So do gamble responsibly. Chaps, thank you so much for a fantastic show. Week 12, oh my goodness, Chatland's not too far away. Hope you all have a lovely um, week. And Daryl and Kev, I'll see you again next week. Bye for now. 